This is episode 472 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, 15 Things to Do Today to Bug Out Quickly Tomorrow. Hey, I'm Todd Zapolvita, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by Audible. Now, Audible Books was one of the inspirations for this podcast. I purposely don't add bumper music to the podcast because I just want it to start and feel more like an audiobook that provides a lot of value. Now, I love to learn and grow through audiobooks and Audible makes that so easy. If you are not a member of Audible, you can join for free for 30 days and start your Audible journey with two free audiobooks. The great thing about Audible is that you can cancel at any time and you keep the books that you have downloaded. For more information, click the link in the show notes or go to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com forward slash Audible. All right, so let's go ahead and start with our article. It comes to us from a year without the grocery store.com. And again, the title is 15 things to do today to bug out quickly tomorrow. So let's start reading. Don't you wish we could know the future? At times I do. I have two 16-year-old children. There is a lot that will more than likely happen over the next two years. There are some things about the next few years that I would love to know now. The day before the Ferguson riots broke out, I had no idea what was going to strike. The day before the Ferguson tornado, we had no idea what, what would happen. We don't always know what tomorrow will bring, so being ready to leave quickly is very important. That being said, there are things we can do ahead of time to make having to bug out much smoother. I've broken these 15 things down into three categories, planning, preparation, and implementation. So planning, number one, who will you stay with? Write out a list of people from as close as five to 10 miles away to 200 miles away that number one, you would be willing to stay with, and two, would be willing to keep you. Sometimes you don't have to bug out far from home, both with the tornado and with one of the times with the riots, we ended up staying five to 10 miles from home, but you also need to have a place where you can go in case of a regional disaster like a hurricane or a nuclear plant meltdown. You also need to have multiple options in case people are out of town or something about their situation changes. Number two is four ways out of Dodge. Find four ways away from your house, one in each direction. None of them should require you to take a main road. Send a list of these evacuation plans to someone whom you determine as an emergency contact. As you look for these evacuation routes, make sure that you run each of them several times. Make sure that they are not through flood prone areas or over low lying bridges. Once you've decided on the routes and run them, Mark them on a map and send them to your designated emergency contact. Now, guys, I was reading the uh, comment section and one person's like, there's only one way out. I mean, they like live in a rural area. So definitely, if you're getting out of your main area, there's only one way in and one way out. Yeah. Okay. So hopefully you could have more than one way in and more than one way out. And hopefully it is not prone to flooding and, and different things like that. But Uh, What I'm trying to say is once you get to an area where there are multiple ways that you can go, maybe that is the place where you start deciding, okay, hey, I can go east, I can go west, 
you know, I really need to go east, but I can go west and go the long way around, right? And so that's, that's really where that's coming from. All right, so continuing on, the third thing is shoes. Make sure every member of your family has sturdy shoes and knows where they are. You might laugh at the second half of this statement, but if you have young children, you know where I'm coming from. Like I suggested in my last post, most of the time bugging out will take place in a vehicle. From time to time, you may need to walk. So make sure everyone has shoes that are sturdy enough and comfortable enough to walk in. Number four, write out a list of items that don't stay in your bug out bag, but they need to come with you. Write out a list of things that need to come with you if you need to evacuate or bug out. These are things that wouldn't be kept in your bob. These might be things like documents, sentimental pictures, gold and silver, firearms, jewelry, cell phone chargers, pillows. Keep this taped to the inside of one of your cabinets. And so if you can, you know, talking with or remembering my interview with Linda Loosely of foodstoragemoms.com, if you can have a tote ready to go, you know, something like that, where if you were to bug out and you have to throw things in your car, if you could have a tote ready to go with some of these items already in there, that would be great. Of course, you wouldn't have gold and silver in there. Uh, you wouldn't have jewelry and firearms and things like that. But you could have like pillows and, and other things that wouldn't necessarily fit in your in your bug out bag. The other thing that I would suggest is if there are things that, well, like your firearms, I wouldn't put that in another tote or whatever. I, I would be carrying that on, on myself, on my person. But if there are things like if you, for instance, you are stacking things inside of this tote, right? To, to make sure that you can throw in there. I would try to partition it off into smaller kits. And so if you had to get up and leave your vehicle for whatever reason, maybe you're going through a flooded area or, I mean, who knows, you have to, you have to hit the road uh, by walking, right? If you could get into that tote and you can say, hey, I want to take this. I do not want to leave this behind. And so if you had a little, uh, a little kit where you can just grab that and you knew what that was and in that way at a moment's notice, you can go. So just a couple of ideas there extra to add on to that. So number five is school evacuation policy. Do you have a child in school? You should check in with your school about any evacuation policies they have in place. So I'll tell you, just coming from that world, sometimes they will be, uh, they'll readily uh, let you know what evacuation plans are. Sometimes they keep that more of a secret just in case things are, are you know, things happen. Uh, and so they just don't want the information out there. But if you are a concerned parent and they know you and you've been there at that school, you can sit down with an administrator and say, look, uh, just in case of an emergency, where do I go? And I meet up with my child. And, uh, you know, if someone would have come to me, I never had that conversation with anyone, but if someone would have come to me with that, I would have let them know, uh, especially if I knew them and I always saw them up at the school and things like that. So you, you want to know that. I just know that they, want, they wouldn't readily like throw that up on the website or anything like that uh, just to, to, for the safety reasons and not wanting that kind of information there. But this is a good idea because when things happen, you know, not everybody is going to be at home and it's going to be the perfect thing. More than likely, kids will be at school. So you will need to know what you're going to do to go pick up your kids or where to go find them and things like that if the school needs to be evacuated. All right, so number six is assign tasks to different family members. Do you have several older children? Assign tasks to each of them specifically. They can help you get out of the house quickly and efficiently. 
And I would just add to that, make sure you have a way to check up on them because if you're like, all right, hey, I need you to go do this, this, and this, this is your responsibility. But then when you're ready to go, you need to double check with them. Did you get this? Did you get this? Did you get this? Just in case they forgot. All right, number seven is set up an emergency communication plan. An emergency communication plan at the most basic level is having someone outside of your area code who everyone in your family can call them if you get separated. That person can relay messages. The reason that you need someone outside of your area code is when you call someone inside your area code, you are both tying up different cell towers. Sometimes if you are calling someone outside of your area code and only one cell tower near the emergency is tied up, your call will go through. So find someone outside of your area code who is willing to relay messages between parties and make sure that everyone programs this number into their phones and writes the number down to keep in their wallets or purses in case you have to use someone else's phone. Guys, and I would recommend if you have not listened to it, go listen to the episode that dealt with family communications. It's not too far back there, but uh, you know there's a, a, a little freebie that would help you with this one here. And number eight is gather all of your important documentation. Man, we've talked about this one in the, a lot in the past. About four years ago, I got hold of a list of documents which should be included in an emergency binder. I started putting it all together. I was amazed at just how much space it was taking up in the binder. It was truly amazing. I now have a three inch zippered binder that I use to keep copies of all of our important documents. It's hard to close because it's so full. Want to know what to include in your emergency binder? This post gives a detailed list of items to keep in that binder to be ready to go at a moment's notice. You can find a check sheet with everything that should be included in your binder in our printable library. In order to get access to that, you will need to sign up for our email newsletter, and you can find that either on the sidebar or just below this post. All right, so the second section is preparation. Number nine is gas tank. Keep your gas tank at least half full. Okay, say it with me, duh, yeah, but it should be said nonetheless. And guys, that's hard, man. When you start looking, when you're running errands and you're looking at your gas tank and you're like, man, I'm below half, and but you've got all these errands to run. It's like, man, I got to stop and I got to do this. But um, it's, a, it's a good thing if you can do that. All right, number 10 is the new definition of takeout. Put together a tote of shelf-stable food that your family will eat will, and will last your family for up to three days. So again, that's one of those tote things. Uh, if you listen to the interview with Linda Loosely, she has one of, of uh, I think it's made up of Thrive Food. So, you know, it's like uh, long-term food storage. But you can just as easily go, uh, you know, if you if you could put this into your like your bug out plans, it would have to happen really quickly. But you could go to your to your food uh, pantry and you can use a tote to to drop cans in there, you know, cans of soup, cans of you know ravioli, things like that that could be eaten very quickly. Of course, you're going to need uh, can openers and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, you can do that. Legacy Food has the bug out uh, buckets for you know, like 72 hour buckets, you, you would just need water and, uh, and they're very light to, uh, to take with you. So that's always an option. Number 11, of course, is gonna be water. Keep a case of water ready to go at a moment's notice. And number 12, bug out bags. Put together a bob or bug out bag for each family member and all pets. We'll have an article on bob shortly. And then the third section is implementing. So number 13 is prepare your home as best as possible to safely return. Now here's a sample of one of the checklists that we put in our printable library. This prepares your home for you being gone for a week or more. Perfect for your bug out. 
And so there's links here, guys. And then number 14 is call your emergency contact. Let them know which evacuation route you plan on taking. If you don't have all of your family with you and you can't contact them, let them know. So again, you know, that's that family communication plan is going to be big. That is a, a good point right there. And then number 15, this is the last one. Practice, practice, practice. Don't just assume that you're going to be able to pull this off the first time you try it. Run a bug out drill and time it. Then ask everyone who participated what went well, what went wrong, what could be tweaked to make it better. Then after a day or so, run it again. See if you can beat your time and ask yourself the same questions. Keep at it until you've got it down to a comfortable time. So what about you? Do you have any tips and tricks for bugging out? Anything that you could share to help everyone else out? I'd love to hear. Leave your comments below. So there's a couple of comments here and uh, you can come and definitely check them out. I always recommend that. You know, a lot of the times I hear with, you know, from different people in the preparedness community, whether it's on Facebook or they send me an email or even in articles that their, their idea is to bug in. But let me tell you, that's a good idea. And a lot of people would be served that way. There's a lot of things to consider there, right? You would want to bug in because most of your stuff is there. And the thought of having to leave everything, you know, your home with everything that's there and with the possibility that it could be destroyed or, uh, you know, you're not going to be there to help mitigate any kind of damage. Like for instance, flooding, if you could, uh, you could have helped out during like Harvey, like could I have done something different, right? All those kinds of things kind of run through your head, but there are times where you do have to bug out regardless if your your first choice is to bug in, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to bug in if the zombies come. Okay, fine. But what if like for Hurricane Harvey, we experienced down here, there was wide, wide flooding, right? It, we've never experienced anything like that here in the Houston area ever. And so people who were like, hey, I'm good, I'm going to bug in, like they were having to leave their homes. Or, you know, you're, there's a house fire or, you know, and you only have seconds to grab your bug out bag and maybe your emergency binder and things like that. There's always those scenarios. So although your first choice might be to bug in, it's always a good idea to run through this plan and have an idea of what would happen if you had to bug out. Well, guys, this is over at a year without the grocery store.com. Like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. And so I hope you go uh, check it out. There's a lot of links here and then their printable library that you might be interested in and it might help you get some checklists and things going. All right. Well, that's it for episode 472. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.